Okay, so yes, tonight I'm, is tonight the last in our series of, the, of joy? Oh, we have one more, yes. Tyler is preaching next week on the joy of, the, the joy of worship, right? No? God, God is happy. That's what it is. Worship will come later. Um, so this is the second to last in our series, and um, when we kind of first planned out this series, um, we were throwing ideas around, and this was one of the ones I threw out, which was the joy, the, the joy of service and sacrifice. Um, and Nick was like, "Oh, you can do that one." <laughs> I was like, "Well, thanks." <laughs> um, and then tonight I realized, like, well, it's probably good that I'm talking about service because I was literally, like, just um, managing chaos tonight. That's kind of what it felt like. And I thought, well, the Lord is teaching me through this that maybe, um, maybe I have authority to speak on it. But you'll see that actually it's a little more complicated than just uh, what I was doing in the back tonight. Um, and I think that this particular area of um, the joy of the kingdom is uh, a really great one to amplify for us um, how joy is a great indicator of whether we are walking in the life of the spirit or if we're walking in the life of the flesh. And I think we see that in a lot of ways. We, I think, for example, I think the most stark uh, um, example of it is what Nick talks about, the joy, having joy in suffering. And obviously that is the most kind of in our face, this doesn't make sense um, in example of the joy of the Lord and how the joy of the Lord comes despite um, how things look around us, what our earthly experience is. And so while I talk tonight, I want you to keep that in mind, that joy is a really great indicator of whether we're walking in the life of the Spirit. That doesn't mean that we experience joy all the time, or that, oh, if I'm not experiencing joy, then I'm not living a life of the Spirit. That's not true. There's more to it. But if you are experiencing joy, despite your circumstances, there's a good chance that the Holy Spirit is bringing that out in you. And so, um, just to start off with, um, I wanted to kind of draw attention to this tension that we see in Scripture, um, right through Scripture and, and in Jesus' life and in his teachings. Um, this tension between the earthly experience, our earthly life, and the life of the kingdom, or kingdom experience. And Jesus teaches us that we, when we come into his kingdom, when we are saved, we are no longer of this world. We are, we are born again. We, um, our DNA, in a sense, is recreated to be, so that we are children of God. We have his kingdom DNA within us. And so we start a new journey of growing up into the image of Christ, 
In other words, looking, starting to look like Jesus because he is now our family. We are related to him. And also, we are called to be ambassadors of the kingdom while still on this earth. And um, I've heard lots of preachers talk about how um, wouldn't it be great if when we were saved, we like suddenly disappeared and just went straight to heaven because that would be like the easiest way. <laughs> but God doesn't intend for that to happen, otherwise it would. Um, he leaves us here for a reason. And I personally would argue that the main reason he leaves us here is so that we can represent him to the people who don't know him yet. He wants every man to be, every man, every woman, every human, to be drawn to him and to know him. And he is infinitely patient, it says in scripture, that he waits patiently for the salvation, for our salvation. And, um, and so that really is our purpose as Christians, in a nutshell, is to represent God to those who don't know him and to a broken and suffering world to a world that is fallen in sin and to represent um, God to people but also to show them what heaven looks like, what the kingdom looks like because ultimately God has promised that there will be a new heaven and a new earth and so part of getting to know God is also getting to know what he intends for us for eternity, what, how he intends the world to be. And we see beautiful promises of that in scripture where it says there will be no more pain, no more crying, every tear will be wiped away, um, and that there will be unity and love and so many other things. And so um, tonight, this tension between the earth that we live in, this earthly life, and the kingdom ways, the kingdom economy um, is something that we live in intention throughout our Christian life. And I think uh, part of our journey with God is also that he develops us into kingdom people. Um, and so our journey is not just about reaching out to others, but it's a journey, a, it's a journey of getting to know him and getting to know how we are intended to live with him. And that's about him and us. That's that love relationship where he's teaching us. Um, and I think this um, is reflected really well in the um, scripture in Luke 6 from verse 43. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. And this, um, just this little parable is a reflection of how um, the kingdom produces kingdom fruit. The earth produces earthly fruit. And I think we, f we find this in life. We are all blessed with earthly talents. We are all blessed with blessings that we have from birth and are from 
earthly resources. So it might be that our parents had particular great genetic material, so we are beautiful or athletic or whatever, um, like our son. <laughs> beautiful and athletic <laughs> for a time. <laughs> um, we ha and that's the, the earthly gift that we have when we're young, right? Um, and um, we may have talents that we have um, through education or through circumstance. There's so many things, good things that the earth um, can give us. And we do see that if we take earthly resources and steward them, we can grow those resources, right? But the fruit of the earth will always be and will always produce more earthly fruit, right? And we see this in Luke 12. Jesus talks about the rich man. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. And we see this in a lot of different um, teachings that Jesus gives that um, we can reap the benefits of our earthly resources if we steward them well, but that's the reward. That is the, the only reward that we get. The treasures in the barn. And they, those rewards are only worth something on this earth and for a time. And so um, we do, as Christians, want to live the life of the kingdom. And the life of the kingdom works so differently to life in the, in the world. And joy, the joy of service and sacrifice is a great example of this. Um, we live in a culture particularly in a kind of Christian culture like we live in, where service and sacrifice is really encouraged. It's because it's a good thing to do, right? That's what good Christians do, they serve. But the, um, the, the downside of this is that we can tell ourselves that we are serving for all the best reasons, but we're actually bearing the fruit of what we have to give in earthly terms. And so we can often find that even though we think we're serving from the Spirit, if we're serving from our own resources, we start to find exhaustion comes in. And we find burnout and even resentment and anger and often not a lot of joy. And so, especially if you have particular talents, 
it's very easy to use your earthly talents for the, you say, for the kingdom, but because you're good at it, you don't have to rely on kingdom resources because you have what you need to give adequately, right? I find that with um, food, right? I can do this easily. It, um, I'm good at it. I've done it a long time. And I have to keep watching myself. Am I exhausted? Am I starting to dread this? <laughs> that's a sign. Oh, I'm doing this out of my own talent. Well, that's okay. I'll get to that. It's fine to use your talents for the kingdom. We need to do that. But God did not intend... Um, he didn't intend for us to stop with our talents because there is a whole realm of knowledge of God. There's a whole realm of kingdom power and for change and for good that we can only tap into if we're going beyond our earthly talents. And so this is what I want to encourage us to do tonight. And so the, a sign that you are operating beyond your natural talents, that you are operating in the spirit, in the life of the spirit, is you will see the fruit of the spirit. Now, I, um, the fruit of the spirit for me, sometimes it, it, it seemed to me like a list of... Um, if I do these things, then I know the Spirit's in my life, right? So we work really hard to be patient and kind and loving and, do you know what I mean? Like it's the list of how we ought to be. <laughs> and then I'm, then I'm like, good, then I've got the Spirit, right? Um, I, I want you to just think about this differently tonight. What if the fruit of the Spirit, God is saying, and I'm sure you've heard this little analogy that you can't make the fruit, right? You can only water the tree and prune and then the fruit comes naturally. You can't make the fruit happen. What if the fruit of the Spirit God has designed as an indicator for us that what we are doing is of the Spirit? So when we're doing something and we're like, God, I need you. I, I, I'm good at this, but I want to go. I want to do this in the spirit. Then how do we know that the spirit is working in us, and it's not just us doing something we were good at? Or you're living your daily life, and you say, Lord, I, you know what? I am on autopilot right now. Am I, am I living in the spirit? And the Lord says. Look at the patience that you have there where you would never have patience with your earthly resources, right? Like if your kids are screaming and you suddenly are like, it's okay, let's figure this out rather than like leaving the room and screaming. <laughs> that is not you trying to be patient. That is the Lord saying, look, the spirit is in you. It's an encouragement to us to, to keep going back saying, oh, it's the spirit. It's the spirit in me. And I'll talk a bit about that, more about that later. <clears throat> and so 
The fruit of the Spirit are signs that we are operating in the Spirit. And so suffering, instead of resulting in depression and hopelessness, we suddenly see the fruit of rejoicing and hope out of a season of suffering. And we say, why? That doesn't make sense. And we say, it's the Spirit. It's God showing us that the Spirit is with us because the fruit's coming out. And I, I just found that really encouraging because I think we can try so hard to have the fruit of the Spirit in our life. It's not intended for us to try hard to have it. It's an indicator that we are walking in the Spirit. And so how do we walk in the Spirit? That's the question, right? You're like, okay, if I'm not supposed to be trying hard to be patient, what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> okay, let's talk about that. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, it says that we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. This is such a strange scripture because it has these incredible tensions and then it gets more and more confusing as it goes along <laughs> until it says, so death is at work in us, but life in you. What does that mean? And I think it's one of the scriptures you have to keep meditating on, but I believe part of it is it's talking about this tension that we're living in the world and in the earth, and that is what Jesus died to overcome, and he took death for us, and he took sin for us. And so in one sense, while we're in these bodies on this earth, we are living that same experience of the death the suffering of Christ, we are still here, and yet it is that death that brings life. Why? Because the life of the Spirit is so opposite to how the world works. And so if we want to live by the Spirit, how do I live life in the Spirit? We are constantly looking to see, Lord, show me how I do this that's different to how the earth would do it, how earthly, the earthly existence would do it. And so you start looking at scripture with new eyes. You just read um, the Sermon on the Mount, and it is absolutely full of examples of how we are called to live completely opposite to how the world would expect. And so I'm going to talk about some examples of that. I would encourage you to go to the Sermon on the Mount if you are looking for um, a manual, a, a practice manual 
of how to live in the kingdom because, I mean, Jesus just lists some great areas you can start, you know. Um, He talks about things like, um, what do you do if someone steals your shirt or your coat? Give them your second one. Okay? What do you do if someone slaps you? Turn the other cheek. And those kind of little verses, we're like, okay, well, that's Jesus' teaching for you, right? It's, uh, <laughs> but actually, he's saying you take a situation and the earth would, would, they would expect you to respond in a certain way. If somebody steals your coat, go after them and get it back or sue them, send them to prison. This is what the world expects. And Jesus says, take the other one and give it to them. That makes no sense. What about that person? The person's just committed a crime. And suddenly the heart and the mind say, hang on, there's something here that's different. I don't know how to do this. It's too hard for me. It doesn't come naturally. What comes naturally is to go after that person. What comes naturally to me is justice, right? Yes, that is how the earth works. The world works that way, that is right. But God calls us in our personal lives. He will give us moments where he says, "Uh -uh, this time you're doing it differently. He doesn't call us to do it all the time. And I'll talk about that at the end, okay? But he does, he stretches us into those places. And he says, okay, this is how you normally would react. This is what you would do. But I have a different way this time. I'm going to give you the strength this time to do it differently. And, and in that moment, there's a struggle and there's, you know, a bit of conflict with God. And, there's, and then there's the moment of faith, the saying, yes, okay, I'll take the risk. And then seeing the Spirit come through. And what comes out of that is the fruit of the Spirit. Something will come out of that. And you'll say, oh, that's, there it is. I saw that happen personally for the first time as a Christian. I was very young. I was in my early 20s and working for a church in Cape Town. And we had um, a Sunday night soup after church on Sunday nights. Can you believe it? How many years ago was that? 26, 27 years ago. Still doing soup after church. (laughs) But, um, whoops. This thing's really bothering me. So um, we were having fun in the hall, having soup and everything, and somebody came into the hall and they were looking quite upset. And I was like, what's the matter? And they said, this, um, this homeless man, he's come into the porch, which is a thing that they have in some church halls, the entrance area. And um, he's out of it and he's quite, aggressive and I don't know what to do. What must I do? And everyone was busy and I said, okay, let me just come and see like what's going on. So I came out 
and he, he was very, he was a homeless man, very bedraggled, you know, the, your typical homeless man, right? He was not um, functioning as really very well at all. And he was sitting on this bench and he was kind of shivering and he was probably in withdrawal and looked not like a safe person to be around. And the other person went back in to see if they could find someone else. And in that moment, my first inclination was to go, like, get away from this person. They're not safe to be around as a young woman. And um, out of nowhere, this I just welled up like um, affection welled up for this person. And I thought, wow, what is this? And it became overwhelming, the affection for this person, where I couldn't not do anything anymore. And so I went to this man and sat down next to him and put my arms around him. And while I was doing it, my mind was saying, are you insane? <laughs> He's probably got stuff that's gonna like, infect you or something, I don't know. But I couldn't, my brain couldn't um, override what was going on in my heart. And as I held him, he calmed down and he became completely peaceful. And I just held him. And the other people came in and they just stood there and looked at this and, and <laughs> they could tell that everything was fine. And, and then after about 20 minutes, I took my arms off and he got up and he was like in his right mind and walked out. He didn't say anything, he didn't ask for anything. He had stopped physically whatever was going on. And um, that moment has stuck with me because first of all, I could do nothing for him. I mean, I could have tried to give him food or helped him practically, right? But the Lord said to me, well, he didn't even say anything to me. In that moment, the Lord knew what that man needed in the kingdom, and it was physical touch. So he might not have been touched by anyone in a caring way for a very long time. And it overrode all my common sense all my safety mechanisms, and it happened. And afterwards, thinking back, I thought, wow, that was so unwise. And yet, I knew, <laughs> I knew in that moment that God had done that thing. And um, it's always stayed with me because whenever you hear about and you read about God's love, I know what it feels like in a small way, that overriding affection that overtakes any earthly things, any boundaries. And he taught me something in that moment. I could not have created that on my own. And I think that Jesus... Um, He needs us to know that 
the fruit of the Spirit, we can attempt to counterfeit it. We can attempt to create it. Um, and there are many things that we do, which I would call religion, where we are trying to create kingdom principles or kingdom actions, but we're doing it out of earthly resources. And we're warned by, Jesus warns us against that. And I think that we can fall into the trap so easily in our culture where we're taught how to be good Christians all the time. And we fall into this trap of doing all the things we're supposed to do, but out of our own earthly resources. And Jesus says in Matthew 6, from verse 5, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. What is their reward? Recognition. That's what they get. That's the earthly reward for being a good person, is that people say you're a good person, right? We, we all want that. There's nothing wrong with being a good person. But if you're wanting to increase the kingdom, that's not gonna do anything. All you're gonna get is people saying you're a good person. And that's not enough, because anybody can do that in the world. The spirit is what changes people. The Spirit is what changes the brokenness and brings healing. The Spirit is what brings the power that we want to see so that the kingdom increases. And so Jesus gives us an opposite way of doing it. He says, when you pray, go into your room and your Father will hear you pray in secret and he'll reward you. Oh, that's it again. What's the reward? The fruit of the Spirit. You aren't making the fruit happen. You're walking in the Spirit. How? You're doing it the opposite way to what the world thinks you should be doing. When you pray, do it secretly. And what is the reward? The fruit of the Spirit. And so what do you start to see? You start seeing joy when you're suffering, patience when you're frustrated, these are the rewards that God is promising. So we can reach for that fruit, but we can't produce it. We reach it by saying yes to walking in the opposite way of the world, in these ways that Jesus teaches us. And he gives us opportunities to do it all the time. If you you go into scripture, you, it starts to jump out at you. So in Luke 21, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. What's happened here? It's the opposite again. The rich people give because they have plenty. The poor widow gives and she can't even survive. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't sound wise. 
Jesus is giving us ways to step into the life of the Spirit which don't make sense. And that's when we start to see the fruit of the Spirit. And so service and sacrifice, which is what I'm talking about tonight, is a key area of kingdom action. It's one of these areas. So you can see it in all kinds of ways. We could see it in the most basic ways in our spiritual gifts. The prophetic, speaking in tongues, all of those spiritual gifts that are listed in scripture are things that we can do, spiritual, supernatural things, that go against the ways of the world. They make the world uncomfortable. And, it's a, and those are pla a place to start. I mean, Paul says that um, speaking in tongues is one of the first, he wishes everyone would speak in tongues. It's a, it's a beginner gift, why? Because it's something that doesn't make sense. And God is saying, I need to teach you to have the courage to do things that don't make sense so that I can step in and do the things that produce the fruit of the Spirit. So we need to be looking for things that don't make sense. And so service and sacrifice, and Jesus, he epitomizes this in his life. He said, I haven't come to be served, but to serve. So right there is a kingdom principle. He's the king, and yet he came to serve. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Whenever we see these opposites in scripture, we need to ask ourselves, oh, that's a, that's a kingdom principle right there, because it's an opposite. It's opposite how the world works. And then ask the Lord, how, how do I want to do this in your life? Show me circumstances where you're calling me to, to do the opposite thing to what the world would tell me to do. And so Jesus calls us to serve particular people. Um, there's two ways of serving, right? All of us are, as we grow up in responsibility, as we get older, called to serve others. And that is out of stewardship of the responsibility that we've been given. And scripture talks a lot about that. It talks about honoring your father and mother. It talks about don't give to the church and then not give your parents the food they need to eat. There's a whole lot in scripture about stewarding what you've been given and being responsible, right? And so I want to, I want to challenge you tonight. I think it's quite easy to feel like when we are serving, oh, I don't feel the joy of the Lord. I, I feel exhausted. I feel like I've hit the end of what I have to give. God must, this, I must be going against God, God's will. I must stop doing this thing. <laughs> There's a problem with that though, because God calls us into areas of responsibility where we will want to stop and you can't. 
it's, diff it's a different thing. That is a different thing to kingdom service. And I want to separate those two things because God calls you to a vocation, to a purpose and calling in your life, like being a mother or father, being a child, having a job. There's all kinds of ways we're responsible in life. If we're struggling in that, we are not given permission to say, oh, the grace of the Lord has lifted, therefore I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> do you see what I mean? This is different. This is responsibility. Yes, God will give you supernatural power, but there will be times where he says, be strong and do what you're supposed to do. It hurts. Wake up in the middle of the night and feed your baby because it's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> um, and I'm saying this just because I think there's a trap that we can fall into where we think that we should be seeing these, um, this, this um, supernatural fruit in every area of our life all the time. But we don't live in the new heaven and the new earth. And we know, I think that we have this thing where we kind of separate, okay, the spiritual gifts, well, we know God won't always heal everyone. We want him to, and we'll do all kinds of theological wranglings over that. But that's spiritual gifts, so that's okay. We, don't, we, can, um, we can have arguments about that, because it's spiritual stuff, right? But what about... It's your child that's sick, right? And you pray for them to be healed and they're not healed. That becomes very personal. And it becomes, you can become very angry with God about that. And you can lose hope. And in those times, God says, I've given you my body You bear the death of Jesus in your body. We have death in us, and we see life in you. There are these, um, these truths about living in earth and as ambassadors of heaven, where we live with those two things together, death and life. And they aren't equal. God has shown us that he has this plan of salvation, not just for now and for us to start experiencing these kingdom truths and realities, but that he wants every person to start to know them so that when the right time comes and Jesus comes back, the fullness of the kingdom will be complete reality. But we also have to understand that we rely on each other as a body to bring the, the spiritual strengths to each other. So that when you're experiencing death in your body, there is life in someone else and they come and they minister to you. And that might bring physical healing. It also might bring a spiritual strength to know God is here and I have peace. I have patience in this suffering. The fruit of the Spirit comes.
And I know, guys, these are really tough things to try and, to try and talk about realistically. <clears throat> but I want to encourage you that um, we can so easily separate the supernatural things, the, the things that are kind of church things, right? Uh, especially in the charismatic church. Um, I see this a lot in how um, people who are trying to learn how to grow intimacy with God or are trying to learn to grow in power, young people, who say, they say, I'm doing all the right things. I, I, spend, I spend time worshiping with God. I'm, I spend time in intimacy with him. I read my Bible every day. I study the word. I do, the, I do all these correct things spiritual things, right? And we can do that as much in the charismatic church as anywhere else, guys. We just uh, give it different language. I want to encourage you that actually God has given us way more than the church things to learn how he operates. And that's why when Jonathan goes and he prays for someone to be healed who has never even, probably never been in church in his life unless a, as a tourist, maybe. Um, that's completely out of his, that guy's comprehension. If we went to someone in the charismatic church and said, let me pray for you for healing, and people would be like, oh, thanks, yeah, thank you. Okay, great. Oh, yeah, I'm healed. That's amazing. God healed me. There's a very different response <laughs> to the guy who swore because he was freaked out, right? <laughs> and what I want to encourage you to do is, if you're feeling like, well, I'm doing all the things, um, and Everything I hear keeps saying, well, you just got to get closer to God. If you're just close to God, then, you know, all these things will follow. That's the key. And we do all the things we think will bring us closer. Worship, prayer, read the Bible, pray for other people. I want to challenge you that every time you do something that's opposite to what the world says, God will teach you something about himself and how he relates to you. And your faith will grow, not just for yourself, but for others. And your understanding of the kingdom will grow. And so tonight, I want to encourage you, if you're wanting more, go back to scripture and ask God to start showing you ways that you can step out in these um, opposite or contradictory ways. And so service that isn't about your earthly responsibilities and doing right by them, what does that look like that's opposite? Well, when you serve someone that will never remember that you served them, will never care that you served them, who other people don't want to serve, that cannot repay you ever, that people don't even want to go near or touch. 
When you step into service for those people, that's when you move beyond your earthly reward, what you deserve in, in earth for that, that service and your responsibility. Now you're going beyond. <clears throat> and what does Jesus say about that? He says specific things about that. He says, in Matthew 25, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And Jesus, he showed this in his earthly life he went specifically to the people that others rejected, that would make him um, religiously unclean, prostitutes and tax collectors and so on, um, to the point where people were shocked. And he's saying that there is a kingdom principle here. When you serve, look for the people who don't deserve it, who can't repay you, who have been shunned because they've done things wrong. The people who are naked, who goes near a naked person, right? What do you do? Go, you go and you clothe them. Why does God ask us to serve the people that it doesn't make sense to serve? Because it takes faith to do that. It, you cannot do that from your own sense of responsibility or duty. You can't do that from your own sense of what is wise. You can't do that and expect a return from anybody or even gratitude. What about serving the person that's actually your enemy? Like the person on Facebook who was really mean about your mom? <laughs> the person who crossed the boundary? You know, we get taught a lot about boundaries, healthy boundaries, yes. Healthy boundaries are good and God wants us so we live in this world and he's given us responsibility, right? So we live responsibly, but there's that, there's that next step where the Lord says, right, here is a situation where I want you to not be wise. I'm going to call you to do this. I'm giving you my strength and I need you to have faith. And it will be a call. And why am I saying this? I'm saying this because we're not called to do unwise things all the time, right? The Bible doesn't tell us, go out and be insane. <laughs> okay, it says, no, be good people, do good to, be, 
be a good person. Why? Because they will see you are a good person and they will give glory to your Father in heaven. There is a great deal to be said for civic responsibility and living according to the rules that we live in, right? That's respect and that's about honor. But God does call us personally into situations where we have to walk in faith and where it won't make sense. Don't do this alone. Do this with the body. Why? Because you could get into trouble. <laughs> right? What I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying break rules. What I'm saying is <clears throat> there will be situations where you love someone who's persecuting you and the persecution gets worse. Right? That's when you need your brothers and sisters in Christ who you can... You can contact them and say, guys, God has, has, he has called me to do something opposite in this situation, and it's hard, and I'm taking, I'm taking tri trial and trouble for it. Pray for me. Pray for me. Paul says that in his letters so much. We are suffering, but we're not crushed. Why? He says that so that they will pray for him. We are staying in prison, even though God opened the gates. We're staying here because it's the opposite thing of what would be expected. But we're still in prison now, so pray for us. We need to pray for each other for this, for the strength to do things opposite. And so I want to encourage you tonight. If you're struggling to meet earthly responsibilities with the fruit of the Spirit, then maybe God is asking you to step out in some ways that will grow the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And so what that might look like is, if you're exhausted, ask the Lord I need a situation where I can serve secretly. I'm exhausted. I'm doing too much. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Do something else. Well, have faith that the Lord will give you one thing to do because he wants you to experience the flow of his spirit and see this is what it feels like to serve in the spirit. And there's so many different ways this can, this can come out. You've, I'm sure you've heard lots of stories of people who, when they're struggling financially, have given out of their poverty and seen huge, miraculous provision. Ask the Lord. It's, it's key to ask the Lord how he wants you to do this because it's part of us growing with him. It's the same as stepping out in worship or in prayer. We do this with him. We don't do this in order to get something, right? He's wanting to teach us how to grow and mature in the life of the Spirit. So the whole purpose of this exercise, ultimately, is not to get more energy, or to get more money. Do you, do you see what I mean? 
this is how we step into the life of the Spirit and say, Lord, I need to learn. I need to learn this because I don't have any patience. I have no patience. Help me to step into something where I have to rely on your patience. That might look like serving in the children's church. <laughs> if you are struggling with patience, that will break you. <laughs> unless the Lord has called you to do it. <laughs> Amen. But it's, it's, it might, that might touch your heart. You might be at home with your kiddos and be struggling with patience. And the Lord might say to you tonight, hey, why don't you serve the rest of the children? That will be hard. Then you'll have to rely on me and I'll show you what it feels like. <laughs> I think that God has something to say to each of us tonight. And it's not just about service or giving or being kind to people when, it's, when they're not kind to you. There are a myriad of ways in scripture that he calls us to walk in the opposite of what the earth expects. And so tonight I want you to ask him and he might not answer you right away, but just put that prayer out there. Lord, I need to learn more about the life of the Spirit. Can you show me one way, one opportunity where I can do this? So let's pray. Father, we are people not of this world, but in this world, and we do live in the confines of an earthly life. And Lord, we so much want to learn more about you and about your heart and especially about how you want to work in this world. The, the surprising ways, the powerful ways, the ways that don't make sense. Our heart longs for it, Lord, because we're your children. And you've put that in us. And so, Lord, tonight, as our deep desire burns in us for more of your kingdom, more of your kingdom in us and in our hearts and in the world around us and the people we live with. We want to learn more about kingdom influence. We want to see miracles, Lord. We want to see signs and wonders. Lord, teach us tonight that sometimes a sign and a wonder is when we act with love towards someone who's been hateful towards us. 
So we pray, Lord, tonight by your spirit, just speak to each of our hearts. Speak about a way that we can step out that is opposite to how the earth would expect us to walk. Lord, um, when, when we read scripture this week, we pray that things will jump out at us, that show us how the kingdom works this way. That the kingdom is not like this earth, but that the kingdom is near. That is what we have been called to show the world. The kingdom is near. So teach us one way, Lord, this week that we can step into kingdom action. And Lord, I pray that you'll um, just pour the abundance of the fruit of the Spirit out in that action to show us, yes, this is, this is what I called you to do. This is it. This is what it feels like.